When I went out on my first birding jaunt on March 2, 1975, I was using brand new Bushnell 7x50 binoculars. They weren't expensive even for back then, but with their huge field of view and extreme brightness, I never, even from the start, had trouble finding birds in them. Those binoculars were a gift, and although they were extremely heavy, they were my passport to the whole new world of birds. A year later, when I took my second ornithology class, I was asked to assist as a leader on some field trips, entitling me to use the university's top-of-the-line lights 10 by 40 binoculars. They magnified birds 10 times rather than 7 and were smaller, the objective lens 40 millimeters instead of 50. They were a noticeable improvement because of their superior manufacturing, but I had no trouble handing them back after each outing, happy to return to my own beloved pair. Tragically, a few years later, the cheap plastic neck strap broke, and my binoculars hit a rock, knocking them out of alignment. At this point, I was ready for something lighter, but made the mistake of going too far the other way with Minolta 8x25 pocket binoculars. No one told me that the tiny objective lens in pocket binoculars don't let in enough light in early morning and late afternoon or in forested habitat and are especially worthless for twilight or night birding, nor that the combination of higher power and narrower field of view would make it harder to find birds, though I used them so often that I quickly adapted to that. I do wish I'd known the long-standing rule that the diameter of the objective lens in millimeters should be at least five times the magnification power, so ideal binoculars would have been 7x35, 8x40, or 10x50. Optics have improved enormously since the 1970s, but that five times rule is still very important for inexpensive binoculars without the sophisticated coatings of pricier models. Even in top-of-the-line models, the second number should never be less than four times the first. For beginners, I strongly suggest a magnification of 7 or 8x. For any given model, that provides a much brighter view, less binocular shake, and a bigger field of view than 10x. It's very important to use our binoculars a lot, pulling them up while keeping our eyes directed toward the bird. Practicing on stationary objects at first helps us discern whether the view through our specific pair of binoculars will land directly on, slightly above, or slightly below where our eyes were looking. This practice pays off when a good bird flies seconds after we spot it with our eyes. One very important rule for buying binoculars is to get the best model you can comfortably afford. Coatings and lens materials have improved enormously since I started out, and binoculars at every price point are better than they were half a century ago. But remember that for optics, the relationship between cost and quality is not linear. The jump in quality between $50 and $250 binocs is huge compared to the difference in cost.
the jump in quality between $250 and $3,000 binoculars is huge too, but not nearly as much as the jump in cost. Top-of-the-line Zeiss's or Swarovski's are definitely better than just about anything, but the biggest differences are hardly noticeable except to people who use their binoculars for long hours every day. For most of us, the difference between $250 binoculars and $3,000 binoculars could pay for a wonderful trip to see a whole lot of birds. My focus has always been more on birds than on equipment, and I have no idea what products are out there anymore, but I asked a good friend who does keep abreast of the optics world what his favorite affordable binoculars are. His recommendations are on today's blog entry. Once you have the binoculars you're going to be using, the most important thing is to stop thinking about them and just use them. After all, the whole point of birding binoculars is to focus on birds. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.